0: Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. I'm podcasting out here at the beach, and we have a big storm going on, so if you hear some rain hitting the windows or some wind rattling, that's what that's all about. How are all of you? I hope you're doing well. I am doing okay. Chemo number two has hit me pretty hard, but I was lying in bed last night thinking of this very podcast episode, and I just knew I had to get it recorded for all of you. Uh, In other news, my birthday is coming up in May, May 15th, to be exact. And so many of you have asked what you can do to support me right now. And you know what you can do? You can help me meet my goal. I want 100 reviews at Trial Guides about the book. And I want 100 reviews over at iTunes. So if you've not reviewed the book yet, or the podcast, or both, Would you help me make my birthday goal by going and reviewing the book at trialguides.com or your podcast at iTunes uh, or wherever you listen to the podcast? That would so be helpful to me. Well, here we are. And (laughs) I say that because I'm going to ruffle some feathers, I think, today with this podcast. I know that if I had listened to this podcast episode from someone else even a year ago, my... Uh, feathers would have been ruffled because it would really have gone to the foundation of my belief system. But as I was lying in bed last night thinking through the podcast, and by the way, thank you so much for allowing me to kind of find my way. I, I outline these podcasts very loosely and I, I meander my way through them and sometimes think, oh my gosh, that was a terrible podcast. And then Kevin, my husband, is like, no, it was great. Um, because I think most of my magic happens when I'm actually talking. To you versus trying to work it all out ahead of time. So thanks in advance for letting me meander through today as well. But I really believe what I'm going to tell you today can make one of the biggest impacts on your life if you allow it. You know, it all started when I was doing my gratitude. You know, I do a bullet journal, which means I, I write it all in. Uh, it's digital, so I don't have to rewrite it every day, you know, the, at least the foundational part of it. Anyways, that's neither here nor there, but there is a part in my bullet journal um, for gratitude, and I can write, I think, like eight things a day, and so I was writing the other day. This was just a couple days ago, and of course, I wrote Elena, my daughter, and Kevin, and I almost always write H2H, and um, my clients, and all these things, and I saw my hand (laughs) writing C-A-N-C-A. And I was like, stop myself. And I was like, are you fucking writing that you're thankful for cancer? I really believe in manifesting, for example. And I didn't want to put anything in the world that would bring my cancer m- more into my body or, or make this not go away. But as I saw myself writing it, I recognized in that moment that it was true, that I was thankful for cancer. And that's what brings us to today's episode I, like you, um, would read the articles or listen to the podcasts or read the books or watch the movies about people who are struggling with a life-changing diagnosis, sometimes a terminal diagnosis. Thank goodness mine is not terminal. And, And they would have these amazing moments of clarity, and they would say things like, you know, make every moment matter and don't take anything for granted and... I would, you know, think that's awesome and then I'd go back to my regular life. So, uh, let me let me first say that I know that what I'm going to share with you today may or may not have an impact and and that it's not until you get a life-changing diagnosis or or life-changing news of any kind that that it really does become real because we're so in our lives and doing our things and not getting off that that treadmill of of how we've set things up. But I do hope to at least be a little voice in your ear or a big fucking voice that cusses a lot <laughs> in your ear today as I, as I bring you the realization that we need to fuck self-improvement. When I wrote down that I was thankful for cancer, One of the reasons I wrote that is because it got me or is getting me off of the roller coaster of self improvement. I can trace this back to when I was very, very young. My, and I may have shared this story with you before, but I'm going to share it again. My, um, Parents had best friends who never were able to have children, Barbara and Shell. And Barbara and Shell were like our second set of parents. And I remember when I was a young girl, Barbara put her hands on my shoulders and she looked me straight in the face and she said, you are destined for greatness. You are destined for great things. And as positive as that message was, it had the opposite effect on me because that's when the pressure began. The pressure to make the most out of all of the opportunities. The pressure to develop my talents. The pressure to use my time efficiently. The pressure to make the most of everything and everything, I, everything I've been given. And I think that many of you probably feel that same type of pressure. You know, self-improvement, self-help books, take a look out there, are a big business, multi-billion dollar business. We are being told that we should be organized, we should be thin, we should be hairless if female. Well, male too, you know, don't want to have any of that back hair. We should be rich, we should be spiritually enlightened, we should be popular, good-looking, or charming, or hardworking, or kind, or sexy, but not too sexy if you're a woman. And this is causing us to do all sorts of things like meditate and exercise and drink water and green tea and kombucha and spend quality time with our kids and our spouse and save a certain percentage of our income and follow a budget and give back and eat healthy. And oh my gosh, it never, ever ends. And this is the problem, I think. This is really where self-improvement gets us into trouble. Because if you take a look at that that term, self-improvement, it it immediately assumes, or at least can, you can have a different opinion on it. I'm going to change my verbiage, and I'll share what I'm going to use instead here at the end of the podcast. But it gives the connotation that there's something wrong with us. I mean, if there is nothing wrong with us, then we wouldn't need to improve, right? And so when I think about the cancer, and the fact that it has now rendered me nearly impossible to do anything. I mean, I'm doing this podcast nauseated as fuck and stomach ache and hoping that my bowels hold out um, because I love podcasting and I love talking to you and cancer is boring as fuck. But it gets real, real fast when you are limited to being unable to do anything. In fact, I was talking to my my coach the other day and I said, so so what do I do when I can't do anything? <laughs> and she said, are you actually asking me how to do being? Because that's what you're supposed to be doing right now, sorry, is just being. And I'll tell you right now, that is a hard thing for me. And I think it's probably hard for a lot of you to just be and function in the being space without having to do all the time, which is where the self-improvement stuff comes in, right? My question to you is, who decides? Who decides that being organized is what all of us should be? Who decides that we should all be hairless? Who decides that we should be spiritually enlightened? This is the problem, is that all of this self-improvement, comes from outer sources. It comes from something outside of ourself that says you must achieve these things or you're not making the most of your life. And in addition to that, I think we believe on some level that we need that pressure, that if we were left to our own devices, we would be these lazy fucks that never did anything. I know that when I'm teaching about the saboteur, it's saboteur month right now in the H2H crew. If you don't know what the H2H crew is, go to fromhostage2hero.com and read about the crew and sign up to make sure you get the notice when we reopen in April. But it's saboteur month in the crew right now. And I know that a lot of people, when they're working on their saboteur, their inner critic, they tend to have hold the opinion that, this saboteur is somehow useful, that, that, that voice that keeps telling us that we're doing it wrong, we're getting it wrong, we're, we shouldn't do this, we should do that instead, that that's this motivator that we somehow need in order to function at our highest level. And fuck that noise. That is absolutely not what we need in order to live our most fulfilling lives. That's what's getting in our way. So we buy into this, that somehow development and self-improvement is the way out of our misery. And I'm here to say, especially now that cancer is hit, is I'm starting to recognize, and I don't even know that I'd recognize this a year ago, that this striving, that this push to constantly be making the most of myself and my, my, my health and my work and my everything is the very thing that may have even caused this cancer yeah, I'm going to own that. I don't I don't have any shame in saying that. My body, by the way, did not betray me. I see a lot of people who have cancer and I don't judge them for that, but they're like, why would my body betray me this way? I don't think my body betrayed me. I think my body has been desperately trying to get my attention and tell me to slow the fuck down and to stop trying to improve something that is already absolutely and totally 100% perfect. Now, you may balk at that. I'm calling myself perfect. And guess what? I'm going to call you perfect too because you are. And I think this is what we get wrong is that we think that we come into this world broken and that it is our job to fix ourselves and, and, and make the most out of this broken garbage that, that has been thrust on the world. Nothing could be further from the truth. We come into this world perfect, and we forget our perfectness. You don't want you to think about like a Picasso painting. A Picasso painting, let's say that you bought a house, and you went up into the attic, and you saw that the owners had left something behind, and there in the attic was a Picasso painting. And it, yeah, it was covered with dust and grime. There's nothing you could do to improve that Picasso You could get it professionally cleaned, you could have it put in the best museums, you could have it lit correctly so that we could see all the greatness that was there, but there's nothing that you could do to improve it. It's already perfect. It just needed to be brought out into the light. And if you don't like the Picasso analogy, think about a plant that's dying. Maybe you went on on a trip and you came back and you forgot about this plant. The plant doesn't need you to improve it. The plant needs you to get it what it needs sunshine and water and, and fresh air and, and, and care and love. This is what I'm talking about. You are that Picasso in the attic. You're not some broken bicycle or an old chest of drawers. You are magnificently perfect. And I would ask you, if you were to accept this, what I call radical self-acceptance, and radical love of yourself, what would you do? How would you act from that place? I'm not saying that we shouldn't do things to improve our lives or make the best out of our talents. But my question to you is what place are you coming from? Are you coming from one of brokenness? Or are you coming from one of radical self-love? If you totally believed you were perfect exactly as you are, which you are, how would you act? What would you decide to learn? How would you improve your cross-exam skills from that place? Knowing that you're perfect exactly as you are and everything that you do from that place is an addition, not that you are so broken and so lacking that you need to fill those holes with other skills, people, things, money. This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about fuck self-improvement. We don't need to improve. We need to love. Love doesn't improve things. Love accepts things. Love enables things. It empowers things. It supports things. When you are loved, truly loved by yourself, and given every opportunity and You will improve, you will put yourself in the sunshine, you will exercise because your body is magnificent and you love it so beautifully. You will increase your trial skills, not because you feel like you're lacking, but because you're so perfect, you want to add to your knowledge. This is what I'm talking about when I talk about fuck self-improvement because someone else, we've given the reins over to someone else. Who gives a fuck if you're organized? Maybe that's not your thing. Hire that shit out. But stop making yourself wrong and give yourself a huge fucking break. You know, you might think this is funny for a a life coach to be saying, you know, isn't that what you do is help people improve their lives? And my answer to that is no. No. That is not what I do. I don't help people improve or fix their lives because I don't believe people's lives are broken. What I do believe when people come to work with me is that they need to stop doing things versus beat themselves up for not doing things. So many of the things we impose on ourselves are self-imposed and they come from outside pressure. If we would just give ourselves a huge radical break we would find that we are, I can live lives of purpose and happiness if we would just let go of all the self-improvement bullshit. You know, I just posted this to the H2H crew the other day about Kurt Vonnegut. And he wrote, when I was 15, I spent a month working on an archaeological dig. I was talking to one of the uh, archaeologists, Okay, why can't I say that word? But you get it. One day during our lunch break, and he asked those kinds of getting to know you questions you ask young people. Do you play sports? What's your favorite subject? And I told him, no, I don't play sports. I do theater. I'm in choir. I play the violin and piano. I used to take art classes. And he went, wow, that's amazing. And I said, oh, no, but I'm not good at any of them. And Kurt Vonnegut writes, and then he said something that I will never forget and which absolutely blew my mind because no one has ever said anything like it to me before. I don't think, he said, being good at things is the point of doing them. I think you've got all these wonderful experiences with different skills and that all teaches you things and makes you an interesting person, no matter how well you do them. Kurt Vonnegut continues, and that honestly changed my my life because I went from failure someone who hadn't been talented enough at anything to excel, to someone who did things because I enjoyed them. I had been raised in such an achievement-oriented environment, so inundated with the myth of talent that I thought it was only worth doing things if you could quote-unquote win at them. This is the message, my people, is that what are you doing? Are you enjoying it? If not, then stop that shit. Go out there and do things from the place of your perfection, of your Picasso-ness. Put yourself in the light, give yourself that fresh water, not because you're lacking but because you love yourself so goddamn much and see what you can accomplish from that place. And for that reason, I say fuck self improvement, and then I'm thankful for cancer because I'm finally beginning to learn this lesson for myself. Love all of you. Help me with my birthday wish. Talk soon. Thanks for joining me today. If you benefited from what we talked about or just want to let me know you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and leave me a review on whichever platform you use to listen to From Hostage to Hero. Add a comment and I just might give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. In the meantime,